Hi, my name's Steve Claridge. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. I'm Luke Edwards. Hope you're keeping well. And it's been another eventful week and... We're going to talk about the inevitable, about what's going to happen with the National League. That's going to be in the first part of the podcast. So if you're fed up of hearing about that, then fast forward on to the second part when we review all the games that took place over the weekend. And there were a few. Uh, Some didn't take place for various reasons, uh, weather and obviously disputes and things like that, and also COVID. Joining me to look at everything is Rob Worrell. Hiya, Rob. Yeah, hi, Luke. And also with us, it is Dickie Wharton. Hiya, Dickie. Hi, Luke. Good to see you again. Wearing a very fetching T-shirt that says "People ruin everything," which is quite appropriate at the minute. <laughs> uh, and also joining us on Valentine's Day, and it's his birthday. So happy birthday to former Hungerford Town manager Ian Herring. Hey, Ian. Hi, Luke. Thanks, mate. Good to see you as well. Is it what is it? To, what's uh, what's the age, Ian? Are you, you going to say or thirty-seven? Unfortunately, mate. Oh, just still climbing up the hill. Not over it just yet. I, I I take that in a heartbeat, but there we go. <laughs> well, well, um, let's get on with it. I mean, again, there's been more sort of uh, ups and downs. I mean, I know we described it in our uh, WhatsApp group. It's a bit like Brexit. This we don't know what's going to happen. Is it? Are they going to? Are they going to leave? Are they going to finish the season? Are they going to carry on? Are they going to get funding? Um, obviously, there's certain managers. Who we've heard from, we've got who've got the views, and 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 Ian, it'll be interesting as somebody who's who's not in the management side on National League South anymore. So you've probably heard views from both sides. What are you hearing? What are your feelings on it? Um, I think the general consensus is um, the North and South will will stop, um, but who knows? Time will tell. I think. I was just saying to you guys before, um, I think it's all getting a bit stupid now on social media, etc. because nobody knows what's going on in other people's clubs. I mean, I can I can talk about Hungerford last season, for example, the season finished. It wasn't in a good position. They wanted the season to end. Um, this year, by all accounts, they wanted to want to carry on and that's for their reasons. But it's very easy to look at a league table and say, oh, you only want the season to finish because you're towards the bottom and that sort of scenario. There's other things, Chippenham Town, for example, how can you want to vote for the season to end and put new seats up behind the goal and and all stuff like that. And it's all a bit, people's opinions, I think, are bordering on nonsense. I can only speak for Hungerford. We we had a new, new stand put up last season. And that was a donation from a very kind supporter. And it was the, the money was to spend on that stand and that stand only. So nobody knows the internal goings on of, of, of football clubs. And, and we've got to remember, they've got no income whatsoever. Yes, they've had grants. Um, they were led to believe they were going to get grants till the end of the season. Um, but they haven't. So, I mean, teams like Maiden, uh, Maidstone, they've got their full time. Um, how can those players play for nothing when it's their full-time job? So, um, so yeah, it's a very, very difficult situation. Thanks, Ian. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to have you on because you, you, you've worn the different hats. You've been a player, you've, you, you've been a manager. I'm sure you're still in touch with a few of them. I think the one thing that everybody is agreed on right now is that it's a sorry mess. It really is. It has become a sorry mess. And 
You've got a lot of people using social media just to get their own voice and their own opinion out there. And one of the reasons for that is there's a massive lack of leadership. There's a massive radio silence from the powers that be. And uh, we're in a chaotic situation even now. The clubs have 28 days to respond to the resolutions. Some have declared already, quite a few have declared already. And yet here we are now in a situation where the government's going to make further announcements on the 22nd of December. Uh, of, uh, <laughs> that's a funny month, isn't it? Uh, on the 22nd of uh, February, you know, which let's not get carried away. There may not be too much, but there may be some uplifting of uh, restrictions that are in place. And that might include crowds coming back at some nominated date in the future. Um, and yet clubs, some clubs have now made their vote. Will the league hold out until after the 22nd of February? Can they? Um, it, it is a sorry mess. And I'm sorry that we don't have all the answers between us. All we can do is, is put a fair debate out there. Um, let's just mention two clubs quickly. Dover, a day or so before we put this podcast out, Jim Parmenter has uh, battened down the hatches. He's put everybody on furlough. He said he can't stand by and see the club that he's got out of debt go back into debt. He's resigned from the National League board. Um, and then Hampton and Richmond, uh, National League Southside, in the playoff positions. They've announced that they're going to end the season as well, uh, even though they are one of the teams, uh, you know, in those top positions, Ian. Um, I'm sure we all agree it's chaotic. What, what on earth is the way forward from here? Um, I th- <laughs> the trouble is, I think we don't know, do we? And I think, yes, there's been a lack of leadership from from the National League, but... I feel for them, to be totally honest. Um, unfortunately, I think there's been a bit of burying, burying their heads in the sand because whatever way they choose to go, there's, you, you can't please everyone. Um, that's not just in this set situation. That's life. You can't keep everyone happy. Um, unfortunately, we are in the same situation last season. Um, the league chose to null and void, carry on with the playoffs, um, and, and nobody knew what the future held. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and possibly should this season have ever started. Um, obviously, it did on the understanding of grants, etc. But but the National League, they're in the position of they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't, really. Um, and, and clubs, it is a time they've got to look out for their self. They've got to do what's right for their football club because, because long after this, when this has happened, those clubs have got to survive. And there's many businesses falling by the wayside due to, due to essentially lack of income. And it would be such a, such a shame to lose, lose some football clubs um, because of this situation. And, and the most important thing, forget about promotions, forget about relegations, in, in my opinion, these clubs have just got to save themselves and, and, and when football can start again, whatever league that may be in, so be it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Ian. I know we spoke about it last year and I'd hate to be on the sort of a, a board of that trying to make a decision. I think the main criticism is the whole thing that's come about with loans now is how the grants may be distributed and I think that's maybe why we are in this situation now. Um, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I think there's um, it, there's no secret of how the, the, the finances were dis- distributed um and and the the way it has been done what each club has received is is it fair i don't know but then there's the other side of the argument they've got something rather than nothing um we 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 all all hear rumors of what pay players get paid at this sort of level of football and um i've said a long time ago it, it and and 
um, other people have said publicly at the end of last season, football needs to hit hit the reset button. But these these sums of money are still getting paid at step two level of football. Now, let's take Dolly Chamlet for example, three thousand pounds every single week. They they can sustain the level of the level of wages that have been banded about with that with that um, those sort of supporter levels, but they're not getting them. Um, they budgeted on a season, understanding that that they won't be asked to play unless supporters are allowed in their in their ground. They can't. Um, I think I think some some clubs, some football, just does really need to have a long look at itself and and are they overspending? Um, like I said, before coronavirus come along, that might have been within their budget, within their means. Um, but we we all know that clubs overspend, and I think I think it's a harsh reality check, really. Ian, I wanted to ask you that because I have a I have a feeling that you might have um, mentioned some sort of comment about this on social media in the last couple of weeks. What, what's your view on on clubs using the furlough system at the moment? Because I know this isn't totally limited to National League clubs. I think there's some clubs in the Football League have done it as well. I think Barrow have, have furloughed some players. Have you got a view on um, clubs? doing that and then potentially we've seen them like bringing in players on loan from EFL clubs in order to sort of cut their costs and 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 keep going you know I think for some of those clubs you want to continue they're seeing that as an option yeah um I think like I say it's difficult every club is has got their own personal situation and um obviously I know Kevin Watson very well and he he's gone into a brand new job sort of two weeks into it Every single player is furloughed, and they can only use the twenty threes and the and the um and the and non contract players. But sort of credit to that club in the sense of they're wanting to try to carry on the season, and and they're not refusing to play football matches. Um, so yeah, it the, the furlough is there to be used for, for if it's used in the right way, then then some clubs are using it in the right way like any other business up and down the country um but some of these chairmen they are businessmen and they will be manipulating certain situations and that's not only happening in football that's happening in 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 every industry up and down the country as well interesting on that i mean there was a um a tweet put out by ant smith the chairman of concord rangers this week and they're they're keen to carry on um they they basically I think we spoke to the players. The players are either playing for free or they're playing on reduced terms. While they sorted that out, they they didn't play last Saturday. They got a stern letter off the National League and saying, you've got to play this week. And Ant Smith's like, we've already said we're going to play this week. We just want to sort ourselves out. And it just seems a bit harsh that clubs that are trying to cut the cloth are threatened with punishment, aren't they? Yeah, this again... As Rob said, it's a it's a mess. The situation's a mess. But w- why are the club sort of doing that? Uh, why are the league sort of doing that? They're probably doing that just in case of legal re- re- repercussions later on down the line, and and sort of upholding their own their own rules for the league, if you like. <laughs> yeah, the, the the clubs haven't got time essentially, and and I'm sure I've tweeted something before. There'd be thousands of players out there that would play for nothing. Um, it's what I said to Hungerford at the start of this season. Uh, start of this season, hit the reset button, get players in to play for nothing, and then go again. Um, I think Hungerford are a fine example of somebody that's cut their clods accordingly, and you can still compete at this level of football. Um, but yeah, Concord are in the same boat. They've never overspent, um, and yeah, some of the some of the sort of they're continuing to play, and then then to get hit with with potential fines is is yeah it's bordering on madness i was gonna say ian because you um obviously that was your big thing last year about 
players wanting to play for free. And I know Tom's mentioned it. We've mentioned it before. And there are lots of other options before just null and void in the season. You can get in plays from step three, four, five. We'd be keen to play for absolutely next to nothing just to give them a chance. But then the other argument is, oh, it's integrity. Maybe they're not as good as the players you've got, which means... You might have beaten a team early in the season, but now that team could uh, another team could beat you. He's in a relegation battle or a promotion battle because that squad is weakened. But like you said, there's some very talented players lower league, and you could. I'm sure if a manager phones you up, and you could give them 11 players that you could get on a budget for probably 100 quid a week, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Steve McKim's going to have to do it. Tunbridge Angels have furloughed all their players, so he's going to have to put a new a new team together. Again, it's, 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 it's difficult. Every situation is different. There's no wrong. There's no right. Um, the word integrity gets banded about um, a lot. Um, even last season, when, when Hungerford were bottom of the league, I didn't want the season to finish. I, I, I'm a true believer any season that starts should actually finish. And if we went down and, and I was the leader of the team that went down, I'd, I'd, I'd hold, me, hold me head up and take it on the chin. But then there's the case of... of Okay, let's get players to pay for play for nothing. If a club has got zero money and the players are playing for zero, there is still financial cost to playing a game of football, be it home or away. Um, so yeah, it's an extremely situ- difficult situation, um, and and clubs don't want loans to jeopardise the the future of their clubs and and. You can understand every aspect. Um, I think something needs to be decided on and decided quick. And I think if clubs don't want to continue the season, so be it. Don't let them continue the season. If clubs do want to carry on the season, let them carry on the season. Split the league, expunge your results where clubs don't want to don't want to carry on, carry on and, and go from there. Um, because like I say, there, there's no really other way of keeping everyone happy. And if you do force teams to carry on the season, then you could lose some clubs. Ian, do you think that should have been an, an option, perhaps, in what was presented to the clubs by the National League? They've gone for this very binary choice of essentially we carry on or we don't. And we've got that situation where if they were to say that they carry on, which is, is starting to look unlikely, certainly in the North and South, then you've still got some clubs who go, well, it's all very well saying carry on but we can't afford to you know do do you think there should have been a third option in there to you know allow those clubs to carry on who wanted to and and allow those who didn't want to to just step back and and wait and then come in again when the season starts again or or when another season starts yeah definitely yes um i think merthyr tidville and the steps below they decided not even to start the season because of the financial implications let's be honest Nobody saw. Nobody really saw this second wave coming. Um, time when, as time goes by, and, and with hindsight, then all these other options get put on the table. Um, nobody knows the discussions that the National League have had um, in house to, to give the clubs these options. But it always seems a very firm. You have, you must do this. You must not do that with the National League. And and when it comes to to the members wanting wanting a bit of information back, it's not always forthcoming. But yeah, I don't see why now with time that option can't be on the table. I know Conference North is a little bit different because it seems virtually all of those clubs want to want to stop. There's only a fair few, but the majority of the Conference South do want to carry on and and. Why not? Um, the furlough scheme ends in April, let's remember. So, so 
if 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 say 12 teams want to carry on let them carry on and you can still promote two of those 12s let's be honest three steps three to six is that going to carry on some teams have only played five games no chance there won't be any relegation so if 12 teams want to carry on carry on you can still promote two that's that's how i see it have you got any sense as to um why maybe is a divide in, in the, the way that the North are, are, are looking at things and the way the South, we, we hear a lot of comments. I think there's various people keeping running totals of, you know, the, the clubs that have actually declared their intentions. And it does seem to be very much in favour of null and void in the North, but there does seem to be a majority in favour of carrying on in the South. Obviously, we've got to put those two together and that will decide ultimately. But it's just intrigued me as to why there is that split. Have you got any sense about that? No, no idea. It's um, yeah, it seems very strange, Dicky. Um, but no, I don't know whether I don't know whether it's just coincidence how things have, have happened, but or whether clubs are sort of having more negotiations with each other, each other to try and make their vote count. Because let's be honest, it's, it's the voting system which I've known about for a number of years. It, it's it's a farce. Um, every vote in the, in the Premier gets one vote each, but then the, the National League South gets four votes between them and the North four votes between them. They don't hold no sway in what, what's going to happen, really. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something that, in my mind, needs to, to, to be addressed and addressed very quickly if the National League want all 66 member clubs, is it? 66, 67, maybe, if, if they want to treat them all equally, give them all a fair vote. And this is actually going to be probably more of an opinion than a than a question here, actually. Um, but coming back to that thing about you know the, the the voting and the fact that it is essentially one option or the other, you know that either we we play on or it's null and void. My 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 feeling is that that's behind what's causing some of the the rancor between clubs, you know on social media in statements that are being put out that that it is very much divisive it puts people either on one side or the other and it's it's interesting that you say about and it's quite right that every club has their own view to take on this but essentially they're only being given two options and then people on the outside are viewing you oh well you're an in or you're an out and they're sort of like tarring everybody with the same brush really I, I i know that's more of an opinion rather than a question but but that's just kind of how it looks to me from from the outside really so you know w- w- whether there's anything heaven forbid we're having a situation like this again but it, i suppose one thing i might hope for out of this is that you know that the national league and maybe football governance at this level that there might be some changes made in in like you say about the representation, the thing about the four votes for the North and South when every club in the in the National League gets one vote each, it is, you know, it's a huge discrepancy in my mind as well. But Dickie, we also, we had this discussion last year when, when the season was going to be null and voided and we said hopefully the Constitution will be rewritten and uh, because obviously it was a unique situation last year, nothing like this had ever happened before in history, apart from like obviously the World War and stuff like that. But certainly since like the National League's been formed, and and we said, well, uh, hopefully some sense will come of it, and it'll be uh, a lot fairer next time round. Well, we're kind of at this situation again, and nothing seems to have uh, seems to be happening any different in that sense, does it? It doesn't, and I can I can see why that you wouldn't necessarily rewrite a constitution for. A pandemic, we, you know, people kind of go, well, it's a once in a hundred years event. But, you know, we weren't out of the woods with the pandemic at the time it was happening. And, you know, there had been talk about a second wave and things like that. And, and you know, I think it w- might have been reasonable to suggest that 
things weren't going to be straightforward this season and, and that that might have been it might have been worth looking at at the time I think I've I've used the the, the phrase to somebody this week I think the National League have perhaps entered into this season into this season um in hope more than with a plan or a strategy and yeah a, a friend of mine is very keen to say hope isn't a strategy and and I kind of feel that's what's led us along to the path to where we are now yeah I mean there's been a lot of indecision hasn't there but when the season got got cut short last season and they were talking about the playoffs there was talk last year at the end of last year about playing one fixture no no two fixtures just one fixture one home but then that comes with the oh we we don't get to play Dorking away for, at home for example but we have to play them away and stuff like that but there was talk of that and and yeah like you say I think I think the the league's just carried on this season with hope that it would finish and and it hasn't worked out that way what has annoyed me a little bit is people going well in hindsight the season shouldn't have started but you have, we don't we didn't know what was going to happen did we and it annoys me that it's like at the time the season started everything was looking okay and like you said there was talk of a second wave but we're hoping there wouldn't be and ultimately the season like Mark White said the other week the season hasn't stopped because of COVID it stopped because of the financial aspect, uh, implications more than anything hasn't it yeah, hindsight's wonderful, isn't it? In any walk of life, oh, you you should have done this, you should have done that, we should have done this. But essentially, like we touch on all the time with Twitter and stuff, we, we live in a world where everyone can voice their opinion now and, and very few will voice, voice an opinion that, that doesn't have their own personal interests at heart, if that makes sense. Um, there, there's a... I don't think agenda is the right word, but their, their, their opinion will come from somewhere that has something to gain for, for them. That's, that's, that's what I believe. But, but no, Mark's right. Um, it, it didn't, it hasn't stopped because of the pandemic. It has stopped because of the funding issue. And then that's another, another question. That's another sort of debate altogether. And there's sort of talk about, um, that there's no minutes from the meetings, etc. But unfortunately, these people, these chairmen, they're, they're very good businessmen, a lot of them. And, and I find it hard to believe that, that you'd continue to budget for, for that, the full season unless you know you've got that guaranteed income in writing. Um, but again, it's hindsight. It's easy to think that now. Um, they were obviously led to believe that funding in place, but it wasn't. And that is the reason the reason that um, the league is... is pause shall we say guys I've been very interested and waiting patiently to hear what the um, opinion what the thoughts of the board are at uh, my own club that I'm involved with Aldershot Town and uh, f- f- for obvious reasons because we all kind of tend to look close to home to start with for well ha- where do we sit um, and it's an, a particularly interesting one really because the chairman at Aldershot Town, Shahid Azim, is is one of the chairmen that sits on the National League board. Um, so Shahid came out publicly um, on the club's own uh, midweek live extra this week to say they dearly love football to continue. Um, also that um, he mentioned, I believe, the uh, the National League want to be they want to be seen as pro- as professional as possible because. They don't want to endanger the two places up and down between the Football League and, 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 and the National League that are there at the minute. Of course, if anything, they're pushing to maybe get that to a third. However, um, he felt strongly that the goalposts have been moved, that were, indications were given that uh, if fans weren't allowed back in, grants would be 
you know, would continue. Obviously, we're never going to be able to put that one to bed now uh, because of the lack of minutes being taken. And to be honest, even if they'd committed to it, the government, they, they've done a U-turn and, uh, you know, and that's the bottom line of it. But he did say to finish that if grants are not forthcoming, if the current lobbies to try and get the, uh, the, the grants kind of back in for all, then Aldershot Town would be voting to end the season null and void reluctantly. Um, if that happens, let's flip it round. If it doesn't happen, how on earth does things continue? I mean, you mentioned when you came on, Ian, that you felt the North and South would stop, but um, do they not have the right to vote regarding their own league? And therefore, will we not potentially have a situation where there seems to be a small majority in the South to continue and a, a, a larger majority to stop in the North? Is it possible that one could continue and the other one couldn't? I'm not sure if I fully understand it. No, I don't. I, I'm not sure, to be honest, Rob. I don't fully understand the whole voting process. There's four options, isn't there? And I think, mm. I think the the what the option one is is maybe to for the whole the, the sort of number of votes. I think that will have an impact on whether step step two continues. So no, I, to comment on that and and could the south continue and the north not? I don't know the answer to that one, to be honest. Mm. And there is some talk, chaps, isn't there, as well, if if uh, of this possible continuation of the season for those who want to and not for others. Um, I have not a clue how that would work, but that isn't a resolution right now, is it? You know, that's the crazy thing. That could be something that comes from the ashes of this, but again, it's not there. So it's just so, so difficult. It really is such a frustrating time for for all of us, um, you know, involved and every, everybody involved in non-league football and, and everybody who loves it. And, and, and there could be divisions. If ultimately, after all this, it's not seen as professional enough, we could end up with some sort of separation, you know, from the, uh, the football league structure. Um, unwanted, I, I would hope, by all, but um, a definite possibility. Yeah, I think it, it is difficult. Who knows what the future may hold? And, and like you say... It, Last year, and they, the the national league have been trying to get that third promotion slot into the into the football league. Um, they've been trying to sort of restructure. They've been in the process of juggling the leagues around for for a couple of years now, and going down to steps three to six. That's all changed, and there was a bit of a fast with the playoffs for Sirencester Towns um, league a couple of years ago. Um, so that I think there were supposed to be extra teams come into step two to to get the leagues up to twenty four, but that hasn't happened. Will that have a rethink? Will that change again? I mean, there was talk last year, which I think is probably right of even League Two regionalising and then the, and then the National Premier regionalising as well. I don't see see why that can't help, uh, why that can't happen. But but no, it would be a shame if, if the English football pyramid is a wonderful thing and if that gets sort of pulled apart, then it would be extremely disappointing and sad um, for, for that to happen as a result of, what, of the pandemic, really. Luke, I think... That's With your permission as our host, I think we'd probably just about draw a line. We can't resolve anything, unfortunately. All we can do is continue to debate <laughs> shall it. Shall we um, just vote on it now, the four of us? And then... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have no, let's not have a straightforward vote for four people. Let's have four different resolutions and then do it. Yeah, um, no, all joking apart, we're going to come back hard in a few minutes' time or a few moments' time after Luke plays one of his little jingles. And then we're going to come back and talk happier things like the football that is taking place. 
Howie Inherent is uh, spending his uh, birthday and whether that voice we keep hearing in the background is trying to propose a resolution we haven't considered yet. <laughs> <sighs> so, let's talk about you. Actually, let's talk about me, just for a bit, because I was like you. In 40-odd years, I hadn't done much exercise, but I knew I had to start. So, I got the Couch to 5K app. From not being able to run for more than a minute, nine weeks later, I was running for half an hour. It's simple, it's free, and it's all planned out. With a little support, it's amazing what your body can do. Join thousands of monthly users. Download the free One You Couch to 5K app now, because there's only one you. Over 5 million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. I'm Ian Herring and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'll out of sync. <laughs> <laughs> That went better in practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We haven't been drinking this early in the day, but it sounds no. like it. No, it's Valentine's Day as well, so we're spreading the love, and uh, Ian Herring <laughs> is with us. And we're going to look at more happier things, like the actual football that took place. Uh, in the National League, there was only three games that took place. Uh, just before we get on to that, though, Dickie, I know Wrexham News, finally the takeover's happened, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Uh, the Financial Conduct Authority have, um, have given their blessing to, um, I think what they, I think their company's name is the R.R. McReynolds Company. So um, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Ron McElhenney have now uh, formally uh, taken over as the uh, custodians and, and the owners of Wrexham Football Club. So yeah, um, exciting times. And I think um, on, on the day that was concluded, they had a, a midweek 2-1 away win um, to celebrate that with, which was a nice start. Yeah, unfortunately, I know BT were hoping to be there for their game against Notts County on Saturday, but the weather has put pay to that, as it did with a lot of games over the weekend. The snow has really hit, the snow and cold weather has really hit the country over the, the last week, and it's affected lots of games. Uh, the main game, the big one, was at the top, Sutton United. They're now closing the gap, aren't they, Rob, at the top? They beat Wood by two goals to nil, and, and this title race isn't over like we thought. No, that's right. We uh, debated about, I think about three weeks ago on the pod, should we hand the title to Torquay? I think we unanimously said no, because things can go wrong. I think what was evident is that if Torquay did slow down or slip up a bit, and they've definitely done at least one of those lately, um, the, the interesting thing is there's a number of clubs that could catch. There's a number of clubs that maybe were nine points behind, three games in hand. And I know we'd all choose the points, but there was a number of them. And one or two are now moving nicely beyond them, particularly Sutton, who now sits seven points behind with three games in hand. And they're on a bit of a charge. That was no mean feat at all. Brushing aside Boreham Wood, who've been in decent form themselves. Uh, Louis John and Will Randall with uh, the goals there, one in each half, to get the job done for, for, for Matt Gray, who's who's being touted for an EFL job right now, isn't he? We're hearing rumours of Northampton being interested in him. I was going to um, say, that's a big that's a big caveat thrown in there, isn't there? If if, if uh, he gets lured away by, by Northampton Town, for example, who he has been linked with, as you say. 
He's um, he's a very very good manager. He's a, he's a great person as well, Matt. Um, I was fortunate to be at Eastleigh when he was assistant manager to Ian Baird there, and um, he he's been coaching for a long long time. And um, it's not only are his sessions good, um, he gets the players engaged. Um, he coaches at Tottenham as well. I think I'm not sure if he still does that. And I did actually approach him to be to be my number two at Hungerford some years ago, but. Um, He's taken over from Paul Doswell um, as, as the manager and he's doing an exceptional job. And as is Luke Garrard at Boreham Wood, he's been managing there for a long time and he's another exceptional young manager. And to see, to see Matt linked with, with Northampton is, is pleasing. Um, players make the move up the leagues all the time. Um, and I think it's about time some of the managers do as well because there's some good, good managers in non-league football. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it... Like Rob, like Ian said there, I mean, when Paul Doswell left, we thought, is this a sort of empire that's going to crumble? But if anything, it's got stronger and stronger, hasn't it? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, li- listen, we all debate sometimes, you know, is it the right thing for a manager to, 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 to go up to the Football League? It, there's not too many situations where, where a human being would turn down that, that, uh, that opportunity. And nobody could blame Matt Gray if he does get offered it and going because Sutton, well, there's all sorts of complications if they do become a football league club. And uh, he probably, from a, a strategic and tactical point of view, depending on how much he's just internally loves Sutton uh, as a football club, he, you know, to leave them sitting second in the National League and further his own career, there probably could be no better, better time to do it. Had, had you ever had interest from uh, a football league club or even a National League Premier Club? And not, uh, that, not that I know of, Rob. No? What? No. They don't know what they were missing, do they? Not that I know of. I mean, everyone's different, aren't they? Some some managers might, um, sort of, when they're doing well, would, would potentially make inquiries at other clubs. I've, I've never been one to do that and would always commit to, to whatever club I'm at for the duration of my contract and, and sort of beyond, really. Um, but no, you... <laughs> If, if a club does come knocking from the Football League, it would be hard to turn that down. Um, how could you? As a player, you want to play at the highest level you can. And, and as a manager, it, it, it's, it's no different. Um, you can see in recent years, Chris Wilde has done ever so well. The Cowley brothers have done ever, ever so well to, to sort of name two. And it would, it would be good to see a couple more starting to do that. And the interesting one for me was always Mark Molesley. I mean, he had the yeah. perfect setup, training the youngsters at Bournemouth, managing Weymouth as they came up to this level. And then he got offered Southend, which, you know, um, is a, has been in a bit of a mess as a football club. And, and, and I said, no, there's no way he'll take that. But he did. He took it. And he looked like he got the impossible task as well. They were adrift at the foot of the uh, uh, League Two. And I looked last night or this morning at the league table and fair play to Mark Molesley. He's actually got them to third bottom now, Southend, and, and every chance that they could survive. Uh, what an incredible job he's doing there. Definitely. Um, he's done a wonderful job at Weymouth and obviously Weymouth being part-time, the opportunity to go to Southend full-time. Again, hindsight, isn't it? And, and some people outsiders, why would you do that and stuff? But I'd have done it if I was him. What an opportunity for him. And, and I think what people have got to remember, managers have undevoted belief in themselves. And you've only got to look at what he's done at Weymouth. 
on two training sessions a week, going in five days a week, he'll believe that he could get them climbing the table. Um, and three-year contract, I think it was, three years, start getting them to climb up the table. Why can't he go on to manage another club higher up as well? Altrincham were, the, were, have, were having a fantastic season, but the last couple... Were... The last couple of games have seen them fall to defeat, as Dickie mentioned. They, they lost at home to Wrexham by two goals to one. And then he travelled down to Yeovil on Saturday and ended up losing by two goals to nil. And maybe all these long trips have just taken a toll a little bit over the last week. Yeah, perhaps so. Um, they, they've dropped to six in the table. I know that it was um, a home defeat in midweek, as you mentioned, to, to Wrexham. Um, and then, yeah, uh, losing 2-0 at Yeovil yesterday. Uh, Reese Murphy on target, and then Dagnall with the, the second one. Both goals in the second half. Yeah, it, it's it's quite possible, you know. That, that I think one of the things we've said about Altrincham is they do seem to have played more games than anybody else. I think they're on twenty three. So, you know, if the league table does even out a little bit, are they going to stay in those playoff positions? But and of course, another aspect of that is is you're playing more games when other teams aren't. Then then you're potentially getting fatigued that little bit more quickly, particularly as they're still you know a, a semi professional outfit in a in a largely professional league um but yeah you know i don't think phil parkinson you know, will be hugely concerned i wouldn't think so i think one of the, th- the great things about altering them is they do seem to stick to what they believe in and what they um what they know they're good at and i, I have every reason to think they'll just keep doing that yeah, they don't they don't panic at all, do they, Altrincham? And, and it'd be interesting to see how it does unfold if the season does carry on. And and the only other game in the National League was uh well, it was nil-nil, Rob. I mean, Chris, it was a weird one. Chris was Chris was at the ground, wasn't he? And you were watching it on the stream. So it's a shame you neither of you are on, but I know there was a WhatsApp exchange and it seemed an interesting game, didn't it? Well, I think the most interesting thing was that they somehow managed to get it on the pitch as described by a couple of players involved, was like concrete, but they did do a fantastic job to get it on. Um, Chris caught up uh, with uh, Danny Surley, Aldershot manager, after the game, and you can hear that uh, interview uh, on our our Twitter, at NL Full Time, if you want to. Um, But uh, as for the game itself, I'd be the first to admit Stockport, if anybody were going to win it, I think they had uh, seven shots on target and seven off. Aldershot mustered a grand total of about three off target during the game, but they did defend very resiliently and resolutely and uh, looked quite comfortable for large periods of the game. Um, Ultimately, um, they almost did what they very often do and, uh, you know, concede a vital goal late on. But uh, on this occasion, the league's highest top marksman, John Rooney, um, faced Mitch Walker with a penalty. Didn't really get hold of it too well and uh, Mitch Walker saved it. 85th minute that was and, and so the shots went home with a an unexpected uh, point and a frustrating day for Stockport, particularly with um, Sutton making good ground on Torquay. So we're going to have a quick look at the National League North where there was only one game played, wasn't there, Dickie? Yeah, there was, again, for a second Saturday in a row. And for a second Saturday in a row, it involved um, Chorley as the away side as well. They're, they're um, uh, the most active team in the division at the moment. And uh, yeah, it was uh, they got a 1-1 draw away to leaders Gloucester City yesterday. So um, I think probably that satisfies Chorley a little bit more than it will Gloucester in that, in that Chorley have nudged up into the, the, the playoff places on the back of that uh, result. Um, Gloucester stay top. 
seven points clear. Um, a, a goal on debut for uh, Gold Amateo, who I believe is at um, FC Halifax Town um, most recently, or, or certainly his most recent club in this country. Um, I think, from what I can sense, Gloucester are, uh, are being quite smart in that. I know Alex Petherham's very keen to continue the season. Um, they've obviously lost some players with the, uh, the, the departure of James Road to Chesterfield and, and various players who've, who've followed him uh, out of the club. But, um, yeah, they, they've been quite smart and they brought in a number of loan players. I think um, they've taken Ryan Barnett on loan from Shrewsbury Town, a player I know well from from Telford. Um, and, and they're obviously gearing up to... to, to try and continue the season if the vote was to go that way, um, you know, in the most cost-effective way, and, and they, um, they stay top of the table. Oh, I didn't mention the Chorley scorer there. Should I, I should have done as well, because it's um, Elliot Newby actually on target for the second time in a week. He scored their, um, uh, their equaliser at Brackley away last week in what ended up being a 2-1 defeat and got their goal again yesterday. So he's in a rich vein of form. Um, said yesterday jokingly on the basis of the number of games they're playing you'll probably end up being National League North Player of the Month just simply by playing more games than anybody else <laughs> yeah yeah by default um, <laughs> no Elliot if you're listening uh, congratulations we've, we've crowned you as the uh, the National League North Player of the Month <laughs> yeah two weeks to go still and we, we you're, you're, you're well ahead we think <laughs> yeah in the voting yeah definitely and in the National League South, one of the teams who were desperate to continue, you've heard from Mark White over the last few weeks, he's been very vocal about it. And you can see why, Ian, because they're top of the table and they're flying. They beat Welling by five goals to nil. And it's a game Mark White said he'll enjoy watching back uh, when he's having his, I presume, his coffee and whatever he's having for his Sunday <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, definitely. You can see why they want the season to continue. Um, I think financially they're okay, they're okay as well. So... They're sitting pretty at the top of the league. Um, I think sort of Dartford and Dorking, everyone tipped them to be at the top as well and Oxford are close behind them. But yeah, 5-0 five, five home win, great performance. Um, Welling have been struggling and I think that struggle will continue even though they've got their new manager. But yeah, Mark's doing great things and um, yeah, there, there'll be it, it, it will be between them and them and Dartford, I think. Yeah, although you mentioned Oxford, I mean, they've snuck up the table. They had a really good FA Cup run, so I'm guessing that that's helped them financially as well. They were on the telly and everything, weren't they? They were unlucky to lose to Shrewsbury. And they had a good win over Chelmsford by four goals to one. Uh, James Roberts, he's had a really good impact. He's, he scored a couple of goals. And, and also Harvey Bradbury's got two as well. Yeah, we took Harvey on loan a few years ago um, from Watford and we played Oxford in pre-season. He'd done so well there, he got a move to to Oxford. Um, sort of hasn't really worked out for him as of yet. He's been around a few clubs, but he seems to have settled at Oxford um, and he scored two. I think that's four and two for him now in the last two games. So he's doing exceptionally well. It's good to see, but um, Oxford City are an extremely well-run club. Um, Justin Merritt behind the scenes there does great things at that club they've got a good commercial setup. they do great things with the academy and now they've got a good manager in David Oldfield and um, the way they play football they, they've sort of risen risen the table um, sort of quite quietly and they, they seem to be in a good run of form and I'm sure they'll want the season to carry on as well 
yeah, someone else who's doing uh, really well. We're really surprised at how they're doing. A respawn bar under Danny Bohr, and it looked like they were going to get another three points. Greg Lowe scored on 82 minutes, but they were pegged back by the aforementioned Concord Rangers who we mentioned earlier. And Concord will be delighted with that, as I say, with everything they've gone through. And it shows how committed those players are to that football club. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Eastbourne have probably done a bit better than expected, um, but they have got some good players and um, Concord will be delighted with getting a result there. It's always a hard place to go, really, Eastbourne. And um, I think Concord, I've said it before, their recruitment, what they've done over the years is exceptional. The way they recruit players, where they get them from, step um, steps below, one and two steps below and, and giving players opportunity. I think another young player made his debut yesterday as well. So, yeah, after what's gone on, they'll be delighted with the draw, draw at Eastbourne. Eventful game down at Havenet and Waterlooville on Saturday, and they, they've um, they've been disappointing this year, haven't they? Lost again at home to Ebsley. Craig Robson scored Havenet's goal, but um, Rakish Bingham and Dominic Polion got the goals for Ebsley. There was three red cards in that game. Uh, both Solly and Widrington went at the same time. I'm guessing that was for a bit of fisticuffs. Lee Martin followed a minute later, the former uh, Sheffield United and Exeter player, and he was at Manchester United as well when he was younger. And uh, eventful game, but again, another defeat at home for Haven. Yes, um, they've changed to a 3G pitch, I think, this season, haven't they? Or a 4G pitch, and um, seem to be struggling to come to terms with that. But it's difficult, isn't it? The season's been so stop-start and, and haven't have always been behind on their games. Um, they've caught up a little bit now, but I think at one point they was on sort of six, seven games when other teams had played 14-15 or, or what have you. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been stop, very stop-start for haven't. And, yeah, you'd, we'd, we'd have anticipated they would have done slightly better. They've only played 14. There is a long way way to go in the season. I'm sure they'll be in the playoffs. But I think, personally, we can rule them out of winning the league. Well, there we go. That's one That's one prediction anyway. Quickly, Denny, and just to obviously go back to uh, whether the season ends. I know we had Scott Davis on a couple of weeks ago and he was saying about the elite side of it all. But the main thing you mentioned, and I know Dickie asked him this question, and I know you're big on, is the mental health. I mean, how does it affect the mental health of the players carrying on? Do, do you think some are reluctant and a bit worried about carrying on? Uh, I'm not sure, um, to be totally honest. I can only go on players that I know and their experience. I don't think... I don't think the safety aspect on a whole of um, concerns that many of the players, obviously, if people have been affected by it, um, family members, people they know, then then there will be people out there. Um, I'm sure majority of players will want to play football for for that release, for that for that sort of the, the mental health side of it. But it's, it's something they enjoy doing. Um, like I said earlier, it's my birthday today, and I'm going to treat myself to a walk. Um, it's, it's not just it's. <laughs> It's not just football players. Yeah. Um, it's everybody. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I'm still working because uh, I work in construction. So I'm out and about. My wife's been working from home since March, last March. Um, it, it's, it's tough on everyone. There's no release. There's nothing. It's not like if you're having a bad, a bad week or a bad day, you can go for a meal, pop to the cinema, or that there's just no release anywhere in, 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 in the country. And I think that's probably why 
tensions are rising on on Twitter and opinions are, are, are sort of being expressed more firmly. But no, go, going back to the football, majority of players will just want to play football, and that's whether it's step one, step two, or steps three to six, wherever. Just as just as a release, more than anything, yeah. One hundred percent. Obviously, there's a financial element, and it, I touched on Maidstone earlier. They're full time. Um, some of them, it is their job. So, but on on the whole, players will want to play football because when it boils down to it, we all do love playing football. Really, hmm. well, Ian. Obviously, you've mentioned about you're having a walk for your birthday. Anything else special? I mean, it's Valentine's Day as well. It's kind of it's fallen a. Uh, Double trouble and your your particular. No, that's banned in our house, Luke. <laughs> really? So is that just a, is it just a quiet one? Well, obviously it's a quiet one, but I mean, are you just having a, a bit of a walk and then a, a, a quiet meal at home, couple of glasses of red? Yeah, maybe? A bit, bit of a walk. I cooked dinner this afternoon and, and uh, watch the Arsenal game later on. Oh, excellent! So it's you're doing the cooking, are you? Yeah, I'm chef in the in the household. Now, anything anything special on a Sunday or sausage cobbler this week? Oh, excellent! All round. Well, I was going to yeah. say all round to Ian's. That'd be bad. We'd be banned. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we don't, don't encourage that. Yeah, don't encourage that. Yeah. Anyway, Ian, um, thanks. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Luke. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Rob. Cheers, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us, Ian. Cheers, Rob. Take care. Cheers, Rob. Take care. Dicky, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, Luke. It's always a pleasure. And thank you to everyone for listening and subscribing. Uh, if you haven't done so, do subscribe. You'll you'll find it on iTunes and Spotify and all of the good po- podcasting platforms. Until then, look after yourselves and we'll see you all very soon. Music.